Thanks for checking out this message from Radiant Life Church. Grab your Bible, a pad of paper, and a pen. Let's dive in. Hey, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Woo! It's good to be here with you guys. If you're a guest, thank you. Our church family can be a little rowdy at times. Uh, I'd love for you to, to kind of join in that chaos. But my name uh, is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. I'm joined by Pastor Pam and Pastor Josh. Which uh, Dave Taylor pointed out that we've got like the sandwich shop here. <laughs> we got PB and J. So I guess if you take notes today, you could hashtag it with PB and J. We're, we're starting, yeah, we're. Starting yeah. a thing. All right, go for it. Sorry. Okay. I kinda, I yeah. Totally three in there. That's okay. I'm, I'm fired up because I jumped like six inches off the floor. Have you landed yeah. yet? <laughs> Thank you, teens. I appreciate that encouragement. I don't think it's going to get a whole lot higher than that. So, uh, hey, uh, we've been in this teaching series called Everyday Disciple. So we're we're landing the plane today on this teaching series. And we've spent uh, four weeks unpacking what an everyday disciple is. And today, we're going to kind of talk about, well, let, let me back up for a second. If, if the everyday disciple and the four characteristics that we talked about is kind of like the output, what do you have to input in order for that to happen? And we're going to talk about it here today. So it's going to be a little abstract at first, but then we're going to get super practical uh, uh, about what these inputs could look like. But before we dive into this, most churches, they're creating uh, attendees, not disciples. And like our heart and passion, all of the staff is not to create more attendees, but to create disciples who make disciples who are transformed by the empowerment of Holy Spirit. That's our heart and desire. And we desire to see a Jesus movement happen here in our city and the surrounding cities. Because there's a movement of Jesus happening in our lives, we're being the disciples that God has called us to be through the empowerment of his Holy Spirit and the transformational work that he's doing in our life. And man, there's gonna be this Jesus movement. Yes, you guys, I love that you're doing amens already because this is, that's gonna fan the flame later on. So, Pastor Ryan, back in the last teaching series called We, which was talking about we, the church, Radiant Life, what, what God has laid a vision and the mission of the church. What is the vision of the church? Crickets. Oh, that was a, that was a pop quiz, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, what? To be fully alive in Jesus Christ. Okay, that's the vision. The vision... You're here because you're becoming fully alive in Jesus Christ. Is that not why you're here? You've had an encounter with God, right? So we want everybody, not just the people that are in this room, but our friends, our family, people that are outside these doors to become fully alive in Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Now that's the mission. By living into our God-given purpose every day, by being transformed by Jesus, reaching the lost, and making disciples who make disciples. That's how that vision is going to take place. Now, we're building all of this on four different pillars, and Pastor Ryan brought this to us uh, five, six weeks ago. My math's not so good. Uh, So, okay, you see the four pillars. We're going to leave this slide on there pretty much for the whole time, and we're going to unpack practically what this looks like, but we want everybody 
to have an encounter with God. We want everybody to experience community. We want to equip disciples. And man, we got we to gotta go and engage the world. And so that's the abstract. That's the 30,000 foot view. We're going to all have a dialogue. We're going to kind of spitball. What does this look like practically? Like how do we actually do these four different pillars? Would there be anything that you would add to that setup. Well, just to the, those words up top in white, right? Pastor Ryan, when he brought that message, he talked about this, this idea of the pillar of the tangible presence, right? Like we, we, we are people who live for the presence of God, right? Outside of the presence of God, like we're, we're wasting time, yeah. right? It's to enter into a space with him, to enter into that space where Holy Spirit is, is the, the directing force in our lives, right? So we talk about tangible presence. Uh, the second pillar, which you see we've got two of them, we'll unpack that here in a few minutes, Right, but we, we see this counterformation. Right, we are all being spiritually formed one way or the other. Pastor JB and I talk about this often uh, on the Reading Reflections podcast. We are being formed. Right? The question is, what is forming us? And, and, and the world wants to shape us into its image, uh, but there's this counterformation that happens to shape us into the likeness of Jesus. Right? And so we'll, we'll unpack those two things under there. And then it's just this idea of we want to be people that live on mission. So. Yeah, and you know, these are not silos. You know, they, oh, they work together. Yeah, that's good. They feed each other. They feed off of each other. You know, some of us are, might be a little stronger in one of these pillars than others, um, but we want to experience all of these pillars in our lives. Yeah, we would say that we should be doing all of these things all the time, right, to, to, to a certain degree. Right? It's not like we stop like, oh, you know what? I've had enough of you know, the presence of God. I'm going to go and do this for a while. No, these are things that, that happen kind of at the, at the same time as the others. Yeah. I was thinking of a spiral. Would this be a good time for that? Yeah, you unpack it. So this yeah. is, I'll, I'll set it up. <clears throat> Pastor Brandon is a genius with word pictures. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he, I mean, he really is. Pastor Brandon, he, he comes up with these really good, he's like, oh, hey, it's kind of like this. And it's just like, whoa, that was, that was amazing. Uh, and, and he... Uh, he was sharing with us one, in one of the conversations, I think it was uh, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Ryan, and myself, and, and, and he's like, yeah, it's like this. And, and so, Go ahead, yeah, unpack okay, that Okay, so I'm going to have you stand right here. Pastor Pam, I want you right here. So I, this, is a, this is a working word picture, and we did not do this first service, so you guys, like, this is awesome, right? So uh, I, like, I envision, like, think of him kind of like a, a tower where there's a spiral staircase in it. <laughs> no, let's not go down the tree road, but I see why you said that. Uh, but think of a spiral staircase. Like you, you can go around the spiral. Actually, I should have started down here. You can start down low like this. And as you, as you go up the star, spiral sp- staircase, you get higher and higher and you're taller than me. So that's all I can do. But yeah, let's not shrink the word uh, picture here. But let's say that Pam, is, she represents one of the other pillars, like the encounter God, the uh, experience community, uh, equip disciples, engage the world. We can be here and we can see this, like I need to experience community, but I'm at this level right here. But as we grow in our discipleship, we come and we're growing, we're growing closer to the Lord. I'm now going to experience and encounter God on a different level than what I previously did because I'm growing closer to God. Does that make sense? So you can say that about all of these different pillars that as you're going up this spiral staircase, this never changes. This always stays the same, but because we're growing the transformation that's happening, we're going to experience that differently. Does that make sense? Cool. Thanks for letting me do that. That's the first time I've ever got to teach that. 
I told you he's good with word pictures. That was fun. That's right. So, so again, it's not. We're not saying that this is linear. Oh, you do this, then you like this is this is like an ongoing, yes. ongoing thing. Ongoing. So uh, we're going to jump into this first one, right, where we have these words encounter God. Uh, let's let's jump into that a little bit, guys. Just uh, what are some ways that you know we as Radiant Life that we try to create environments for for people to encounter God. But then let's let's take it outside these four walls because encountering God isn't just a, a once a week uh, experience that we have. So let's let's jump into those waters here. Yeah. So we could say that this environment that we're in right now is a way that we can experience God. Right. We can encounter His presence through the weekly gathering, coming together corporately as a church family to worship Him, to grow in the Word. Um, we experience community. Like there's there's different ways, and we can experience God through others, you know, in conversation. So, um, but coming together weekly um, is a way that we can encounter God. And you know, you shared a statistic in first service that um, I think regular church attendance or average church what attendance. Is, what is considered like regular church attendance these days? Yeah, it's like um, one out of every seven weeks. So, you know, uh, Pastor Josh was talking in the first service, you know, when we have a relationship with someone like our spouse or, you know, a very special, important person in our life, and we only engage with them once every seven weeks, think about how that relationship suffers, right? So this is just one aspect and one way that we create an environment for you to encounter God, but there's, there's other ways as well. Yeah, I, to go back on that point of the one in seven, like I, I see Jeff over here, your husband. He, I don't think like he would be in a good place if you guys only hung out one out of seven weeks. Um, like it, it's an earthly relationship. We can see that. I just wa- really want you to feel the weight of that. Like if you are married, you, like if you did not hang out with your spouse but once out of seven weeks, or if you're not married, you're a single person, you know, that other significant relationship that you have, like if you were only to hang out one out of seven weeks, who? But yeah, this space right here, Sunday morning, weekend experience. But, you know, we've, we've had some other environment, environments here, the hands up, hands on. Man, I still hear testimonies about the last time that we did that. And it wasn't just a program to have. Let's just be clear and get that off right off at the beginning. Any programs or what I would like to say are environments is not just to have those things. Like that's not why we're here is just to have, but it's, it's a place for Holy Spirit to use. So I think a lot of us are in this space right now on a Sunday morning uh, is because we've had an encounter with God, but we can also have it the other days of the week. So we would have these other worship experiences like the hands up, hands on, the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Like we've done these other environments or programs to help with that. Both of which, both the hands up, hands on and the 21 days of prayer and fasting, those are coming up. Uh, yes, right at the beginning, right at the beginning of, of the year. So get ready for that. Yeah, and these are not just to make your lives busier. These are very yes. intentionally planned. And yep. um, Yeah, I mean, because believe it or not, like we don't sit around thinking, you know what, we just don't have enough to do. We should come up with some more, <laughs> some more events uh, at the church. Uh, that's not a thing. We, 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 we genuinely desire people to, to have this space where they can have this uh, face-to-face with our Father. Uh, that's, that's what drives uh, these decisions. Yeah, so an encountering God doesn't just happen, you know, in a corporate setting. It also happens in a private sort of personal intimate setting. Yeah, yeah I six mean, days of the week. Yeah, yeah I mean, so we did a series, this was a while ago, how many years ago? We, you know, we talked about the, the chair, the circle, and the row, Right, so this is the row, right? We're, we're, obviously, we're in rows. The circle would be more of that small group. So you will see overlap between some of these categories, right? The small group, and then the chair is that, that one-on-one time that you have 
with the Father. Now, these are all ways that we can encounter God. We encounter God in this room. We encounter God in the midst of a small group, right? We encounter God in our, in our own quiet time. But I think sometimes we need to, we need to maybe uh, expand our horizons uh, with that, if that's, a, if that's a good way to put it, right? Because some of us, we think, oh, well, this quiet time, that just means I sit and I read my Bible. Maybe, like maybe that's something that you do, right? And, and that can be a, a, a really important part. I would say we should be, be in the word for sure. But maybe you struggle and you're like, man, like I just, I, I never feel like I'm connecting with, with God in that space. Uh, a few years back, we had the opportunity to hear a pastor named Kevin Myers. He spoke at a, a, a region event that we had. And, and he talked about this idea of digging wells, right? That, you know, we, we use the language, hey, we want to have this deep well of intimacy with the Father. Uh, and he said, sometimes we have to dig a new well, because guess what? Sometimes wells dry up. And, and what he was saying is, man, like, hey, right now, maybe for you, you're moving and grooving, like you're waking up every morning and you're spending time in the word and you pray and boom, you're off. Awesome. And you connect with God in a meaningful way in that space. Cool. He says, but it, that might not always look the same. You might have seasons where you need to mix things up a little bit. There's a guy named Gary Thomas. Gary Tom- I always want to say Thompson because I knew a Gary Thompson. So Gary Thomas, Gary Thomas wrote a book called Sacred Pathways. And he looks at nine different kind of avenues. Is that, yeah. is that a good way to say it? Yeah, jo- talk about that well, for he, just, just a minute. Yeah, here, he you- would say uh, these would be a way to activate. So I, I, another word picture is I think of it like a light switch. So he... He, he unpacks these nine, so one of them is like the naturalist, like, man, you feel so close to God when you're outside, you know, you know maybe for the, the hunters that are in the room, like when you're in your stand or you're blind or whatever, and you hear the, the squirrels and the birds, like you just, like you, you're immersed and you feel like you're just in God's presence, or sitting at the beach watching a sunset or a sunrise, just being out in creation, the way that maybe your faith is activated is by you being in nature. So what does it look like for you to go out into nature, go to one of our county parks or whatever, and maybe you do a quiet time there uh, sort of thing. Uh, so there's, there's nine different pathways. We don't have the time to unpack all of that, but I would definitely encourage you like, yeah, that kind of interests me a little bit. Go check that out. There's an audible book as well uh, that you can pick up. We've even had a life group. The Van Heises uh, even led a group through that, so... Yeah, just which is to not to buy into that line. I've heard people say this. Oh, like I just do church in my deer stand. Wrong. Church means that's that word is yeah. ecclesia. It's the assembly. You aren't assembling with anybody else in your in your tree stand. That's awesome time for you and God. That's not to be a substitute for our time together as a, as a as a body. So let's run down that example. So if that is like if you have said that, like please feel our like our heart. We're not trying to to shame you or anything like that. I kind of am. Okay. Well, I think you got booed. Uh, <laughs> we want you to feel the pressure of it. Like, yes, your faith can be activated in a, a tree stand or a blind. Yes. You can encounter God in this space. But God also wants you uh, to encounter him in a corporate setting as well. I, so I hope that you hear our heart on that. Like, well, I just do church by myself. Well, I, I never saw that play out in scriptures. I, I never saw that example. Yeah, Jesus would go by himself, but he came out of that space in order to engage people. So yes, we have to have our daily encounters with God 
but it's so that if you move all the way to the other pillar in order to go and engage the world. Yeah, and you know, they talk about seasons and I, I kind of go have gone through seasons before and I gave an example yeah. earlier just about how there was a season in my life where I put worship music on and I did laps, walked. I, I didn't run. I walked around my yard, um, you know, multiple times listening to worship music and just praying. And that for me was how in that season I really felt connected um, with God. And, you know, there's other times where, you know, a quiet time, you know, might be where it is or a complete silence and solitude. Sometimes I'm in the shower and, you know, it's just because there's no other distractions, you know. So you have to explore and create environments and opportunities for you to be able to encounter God and to hear from him and then just pay attention to those. Well, that, that presence is crucial, right? The rest of the things that we talk about, the rest of the environments, but even like our, our Sunday mornings, right? If Holy Spirit isn't in it, like we're wasting time. Yeah. Right. If if we are like, oh, I'm going to go to this class because that will help me be a better. Well, eh, you can learn things in that class, but if you just do that and you never invite Holy Spirit in, yeah, like, we're we're wasting time. So Holy Spirit has to be woven through all of these things. Uh, let's jump into our next one. Right now, we move into that that second category of counter transformation. And the first thing that we have in here is experienced community. Pam, uh, give us a little bit of a, a double click okay. on that. All right. Um, so as far as experiencing community, and we talk about this, you know, sort of counterformation, uh, you know, um, going a different direction than what the world wants us to. And, you know, right now our culture is celebrating independence and I can do it myself and I don't need anybody else. And everybody has their own stuff. I don't need to rely on anybody because pull up your bootstraps. Yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like sometimes we feel like if we have to rely on someone or if we have to ask somebody to borrow something or to help us with something that we're less of a person. And that is not at all the truth. You know, God wants us to live in, in community, to help each other, right? To, um, to one another, right? There's lots of one another's in the Bible about community. You know, God gave us the example of community with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we're made in his image, right? He gave us that perfect example of community. We're to reflect God. We are his image bearers. We're to live in community, and more specifically, biblical community, um, so we come together as, you know, we have our biblical community, those people that are going to help us grow in our walk with Christ and are going to point us back to Jesus when things get tough, you know. Um, but we also want to go out and engage the world, which we're going to talk about more here in a minute. Um, but we need to have that biblical community because when life gets tough, we need that stronger voice, that stronger presence in our lives to be Jesus and the people that he's put in our lives to point us back to him and his hope and not back to the world and what the world has to offer. So, you know, I'm very passionate about community because I have my own testimonies and I'm sure a lot of you do where I was in a dark season and just being in biblical community really helped to pull me through that and pull me out of it. So what are a couple of environments that we've tried to create here at Radiant Life for that particular thing? How do, how, how do we experience community? What, what do we have available? Okay. So we have, you know, you've probably heard, I can't remember who's taught on it, but we have the funnel, right? The top of the funnel going down deeper. And the top of the funnel is, is really sort of just, um, it's not really digging deep yet into our, you know, relationship with Christ while we're still doing things that help us grow, but it's more of like a casting a wide net and, um, we're, we're connecting and we're getting to know each other. It's more about our felt needs. Yeah. More of our felt needs. And so we have some things here like our women's ministry events, our men's ministry events. We have, um, some youth events that we have. We have fun Friday for our kids. We Mm. have things for all of our generations. And let me say that those, um, kids, youth that are in the room, teens, young adults, 
This message is for you too. We are not waiting until we are grown adults to start um, becoming disciples and engaging and and owning the faith for ourselves. So listen up because we have things, we we have opportunities and environments for every stage of life to start growing in your walk with Christ. So we have those sort of um, men's ministry, women's, women's ministry, youth events that we have Fun Friday where you start connecting and start to meet new people so that when you come to church, it doesn't feel quite so big anymore. Like you start, oh, there's a familiar face and you start making connections and you start growing in your relationship with people so that you feel like you are part of our church family and you keep coming back and then you start getting more engaged and you, you join a group, you join the Changemaker team, you join whatever it looks like but you keep growing in your walk with Christ and now you start forming relationships with people that are gonna point you back to Jesus and they're gonna spur you on and encourage you and you know, help hold you accountable and all of the things that God wants us to do with one another. So those are kind of like the surface, I say it this way, but surface level sort of top of the funnel, but then we start going deeper. Did you wanna say something? Well, I was just, I was just, you, just, you took the words right out of my mouth, right? Let's start, let's start moving down. What's, yep. what's deeper in that funnel? Yep, so, um, so we're gonna go deeper. And you know, I didn't mention change makers, but that does go a little deeper where we're starting to use the gifts and the skills and the abilities and the calling that God, God has on our life to start serving his kingdom. And sometimes that looks like you know, a, a role within the church. And sometimes that looks like we're starting to engage the world and we're starting to go out and use our gifts and our skills and abilities in other ways that we haven't even thought of yet that maybe God's laid on your heart. Um, but you know, joining those change maker teams, um, you start to continue to experience community and those aspects as well. Um, but then we are also, we just recently uh, revamped, I would say re-envisioned our groups model here and we call it Radiant Groups. And next Sunday and the following Sunday, we're going to have signups for that. But what it looks like, and you guys interrupt me if you... You're doing really good. Um, So um, what it looks like is we have life groups and life groups are message-based groups. And so every Sunday you're coming to church and you're taking notes and you're writing down questions and you have your group of people that you're going to meet with during the week at some point. And you're going to talk about the message and you're going to, throughout the week, hopefully you're digging a little bit deeper into the scripture that was Mm -hmm. brought up on stage and you're really praying about it. And you're going to come together and you're going to hear how, you know, other people heard that message and maybe how it's impacted their lives and you can start having dialogue. Um, but the hope of that, that life group, is that we are doing life together. It's, it's a longer you know, commitment that we're hoping to, as you start to do life longer with each other, those barriers break down. You start to become more vulnerable with each other. You share things with each other that you wouldn't just share with some stranger or some person you met yesterday. But that's where we really need to start sharing things, and we can do it in a safe space and in a space that points us to Jesus, and we're going to lift each other up and encourage each other and hold each other accountable. So we have life groups. They're about um, groups of 12, and they look different. They could be women's, men's, co-ed couples, youth, um, all of that. So we, that's the life group model, and it's message-based. And then we have our midweek classes. And, you know, um, Pastor Brandon was talking earlier just about how sometimes we fall into seasons. We have different seasons in our lives. Um, maybe some of you are um, have younger children, and you're like, man, I could really use a time to come together, six to eight weeks, something like that, with other parents, and just learn a little bit about biblical parenting and what that might look like, and maybe be encouraged and spurred on in those moments, and hear maybe how other people are doing things, and um, but just to support and encourage and learn and grow. But we see midweek classes as like a supplement 
to a life group or a D group, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. So it's not just that we're only doing midweek classes. Maybe we do a midweek class and we come out of that and we go into a life group or a D group. We, you know, midweek class could be on finances. It could be on, um, you know, different aspects of like the sacred pathways, um, relationships, that sort of thing. So the midweek classes will be during the week. We're aiming for Wednesday. We'll see how that works out. Um, but that's going to be topic-based. And then um, the next uh, environment of groups that we have is our D groups, our discipleship groups. And, and you see the equipped disciples, and we said, you know, these are not silos. They kind of work together. So our D groups are very, they're much more intimate. They're like three to five people, and you are committing to do life with one another, dig into scripture on a weekly basis for 12 to 18 months, and really just focus in on scripture and quiet times and learning more about God and his word. And, and we're going to ask each other, how is your holy living? You know, we're going to hold each other accountable. We want to be vulnerable and open with each other. So um, the D groups are really, they're more intimate, but, um, you know, I'm in a D group right now, and it's just been amazing to see the growth and just the connection and how as time has gone on, you become more vulnerable and open with each other and you do life together. So with the D groups, just to be clear, these are also uh, gender-based as well. So that three to five, um, it, you know, it's just women, just men uh, sort of group. And you're reading the same plan. Like, it's actually the simplest probably of the groups. But man, it, it has the potential to be the most impactful because of the amount of vulnerability uh, that happens in this environment. And just to be clear, like, I mean, there's been seasons, I know at least in my walk, you know, kind of going back to the midweek classes, like, man, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I'm on transmission away from just being annihilated. And yeah, like I, there's probably people in the room that you feel the same way, right? Well, there's gobs of scripture that talk about how to handle our finances and to be good stewards of it. And so what if it is a season where we learn to new tools about how to handle money because the ultimate goal is to just be generous. And let me just be clear, not that you just give all your money to the church. Yeah, I think there's a biblical call to the tithe, but what if we had our finances in such order that we're able to be even more generous? And I know there's a ton of Radiant Life family that's in this room right now and even watching. You are extremely generous. But not everybody is there in their discipleship, just like what Pam said with parenting. Maybe you're a brand new parent. Well, maybe parenting hasn't been modeled really well for you. What does scripture have to say about parenting and what skills can we take in that? Because I think with the midweek class is like you can grab this concept, this topic, and you can actually go practice some of it within our life group or our D group, which I think is really cool, which is the why midweek classes are supplemental. Uh, so with D groups, right? I mean, all three of us, we've been in D groups and they're awesome, but we get paid to be here. So maybe they don't want to, maybe <laughs> yeah. they don't, maybe they don't want to actually listen to us. Uh, we've got a video here, uh, just somebody talking about their D group experience. So uh, let's, uh, let's see what Chancey has to say. My name is Chance Stewart. Uh, I've been attending Radiant Life since Christmas of uh, 2019. Uh, really would like to just talk to all the men. Uh, out there today uh, about D groups. Um, it is something that I feel personally, uh, females and the women do a much better job of joining biblical community. Um, I was lucky enough um, a few years back to be uh, asked to be a part of a D group um, and it was life changing. Um, it was, it was a, a very challenging year, I think mentally, physically and emotionally um, with the other three men that I was with um, and that kind of uh, spearheaded a lot of things. Um, shortly after that, I was baptized um, and, and took my next steps in my faith 
Um, and, and a lot of that, I believe, was, was part of being a part of a uh, biblical community with men where we were vulnerable and open. And that spearheaded a lot of other different movements. I've been a part of uh, life groups since then. Um, but uh, lastly, the last year and a half, I've been a part of a different uh, D group. And, uh, and this one's been very challenging. Um, I think uh, the way we set it up, we allowed for full transparency. Um, everything was allowed to be talked about. Anything was on the table. And uh, you know, we've allowed um, full accountability when we needed it. And uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things that we've learned is you know, this has put us in better positions to be leaders of our family and, and leaders, you know, in, in, in our roles in the community also. And, and we're just so also lucky and blessed to have each other, push each other and motivate us, you know, not only to continue to grow in our faith, but also just be better husbands, you know, and fathers to those people in our group. So um, I, my biggest challenge would just be, you know, if, if you are not in a, a group or you are not a part of of really anything in the church to get plugged in somehow in some way. Um, it is it is so important for us men, you know, to show that vulnerability and be open with each other, you know, about our struggles, uh, just so that we can at the end help each other grow closer to Jesus and, and allow ourselves to uh, to experience more freedom. So we can sit and talk about it, but I mean, th- this is testimony, um, and we have another testimony. Karen, would you come on up? So we did a, a, a training there for the Radiant Groups, and we were talking about these different environments, just like what we're doing now. And I threw Pastor Ryan on the spot, which I took that play out of Pastor Josh's book, where you kind of go off script and you ask a question or say something that tries to throw the other person off. And I totally did that to Pastor Ryan, but I asked him, I was like, hey, with, with the D groups and stuff that you've experienced, you know, what has been some of the fruit or the benefits of that? And then we asked other people, uh, and, and Karen shared uh, how groups have it impacted you and the fruit of that. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Um, my group started as a life group, and as we did life together, we ultimately were left with five of us and decided we need to take this into a D group. In that time, through both groups, we grew very close to one another. It took intentionality. It took um, the courage to be vulnerable. It also... Um, the commitment, it's a lot of commitment. And I will tell you, the enemy does not want you to have this, you guys, mm. because there is such freedom. In this D group, all of us has faced a serious life situation, um, just something that um, I don't know how we would have gotten through. For me personally, I will speak without these ladies to be praying me through. And the enemy doesn't want this. Um, he doesn't want you to experience freedom or for chains to be broken. And that's what becoming part of a D group and having that intimacy and that community with other believers does. Um, We've all just gone next level with our friendships. These are all women I knew, I loved, I served with. It's different. We love each other's children. We deeply care for each other's children, spouses, just life. What are they up to? We talk to each other every single day, whether it's just a text. And sometimes maybe I'm struggling and one of my girls sends me a prayer. Sometimes I know "Hmm, this is going to be a hard day for this one. I'm going to send her a prayer. How can I pray for you? So it's just being intentional and it's just taking that next level to choose to be committed, you guys. And the enemy is going to put things in front of you to tell you, that sounds great. I want that, but I don't have time for it make the time for it. It's been life-changing for all of us. So you, you mentioned freedom. I didn't ask you, so this is me trying to throw you a curveball, but I know you're going to handle it well. <laughs> you mentioned uh, freedom and stuff. Did that just happen like on the sixth week of you guys meeting together? No, this took 
months and months of meeting together faithfully, committing to that, um, doing studies together. We did some great, we did the, uh, cultivating holy beauty. That was a tough study. I know a lot of you (laughs) ladies have done it. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, we had one particular, I guess it was a assignment that was to write a hurt letter to God. One of the girls in the group literally was so mad. I'm not doing it. She said, and she didn't, but the Lord did bring it around in another beautiful way that she did end up doing it. But it was just taking that time to be committed. You guys, this is where we've seen our own character be transformed Mm. individually and as a group. So that's the other part of this living in that has said community, like Christ wants us to live with him in and with each other. And that's what it set us free to do. So then we could feel safe. Like Pam said Mm. to be like, you know what? I'm struggling with this. It's not pretty. I'm angry about it. I'm whatever this looks like. I'm crying. I'm a mess but we knew we were safe to share that and that it wasn't going to go outside that group and that we were going to be faithfully and fervently prayed for by one another. And you just can't, you can't beat that. So can we thank Karen and Chance for their transparency? Real quick, for those of you that are wondering, your, your Hebrew lesson for the day has said, uh, you can translate that loving attachment. Just if you're like, what the heck is has said? It's loving attachment. Um, we're talking about things that we have, right, as a church for people to experience community, environments that we've created. But let's talk for a minute about how they can take this wherever they are, right? Kind of the, the theme through our Everyday Disciple series was this is for where you live, work, and play, right? This isn't just something that happens here in these four walls. Right? This is something that you can take and ideally replicate in some way, shape, or form wherever it is you are. Right, so I, I want to challenge for a moment <clears throat> my fellow introverts. Most people don't believe me uh, when I tell them I'm actually like a raging introvert. So uh, I, personality, temperament, everything like that, my, my natural bent is to always wait to be invited into something. Like, and I'm just waiting. I'm willing to participate. I'll, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll be part of this community. But I sit back and I'm waiting for somebody to invite me in. And I, I bet cash money there are other people just like that in the room here today. But don't wait. Because there might be people around you and they're just waiting to be invited into community. Let's, let's take initiative and be the inviter. Okay, right? Sometimes we let our, our temperament, our personality, we let that get in the way or we use it as an excuse. Like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm pretty introverted. Introverts need community too. Okay, so my challenge to all of us introverts, right? don't just sit and wait to be invited. Go on the offensive. Like find people around you that you can invite and say, hey, psh, let's get together once a week. Let's read some scripture. Let's pray together. Let's be real about the things that we're walking through and, and encourage and challenge each other in those things. What are some other, just again, a couple of, couple of quick things that they can do to, to create some of those environments wherever it is they live, work, and play? Yeah, I mean, the big thing is, you know, you have to be intentional with your time and um, being intentional with people around you and, you know, asking them, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Um, just asking them about, you know, maybe what's going on in their life. And if it's where you live, work, and play, then you've probably developed some sort of a relationship with these people that gives you permission to at least ask them how they're doing or how I can pray for you. Um, but you know what? It's really cool about these, this groups model that we have coming up is that we have, um, we encourage hangouts. 
And the hangouts are a time outside of the normal life group study, whatever you're doing, to where you come together with the people in your group, their families, their, you know, whoever is in their life, you guys come together and you just hang out and you just enjoy being with each other. You know, we had one of these not too long ago with my D group and we have another one scheduled because it was so much fun. And uh, we just had pizza and we just played silly games and we just talked and we hung out and our kids were there. And you know, what's really cool about that is because, you know, um, some people... I don't know how to say this exactly, but sometimes you can, when you're not engaged in, in biblical community or in the church, sometimes it's like, oh, those, you know, church people are weird, um, you know, or whatever. But when you, you're, we, are. Uh, we are, but you know, when their kids are coming to those hangouts, they see, they see adults engaging in healthy environments because a lot of times we see examples of adults engaging in unhealthy ways. Mm. And we start to think that's when we become an adult, that's the way we engage with yeah. each other. And that's the way we engage with the world. And that's what we do with our free time. But when our younger kids and our teens start seeing adults engage in a healthy environment, they see something different that's possible for them. So I love that about the hangouts. I don't that'll, know where that came from. That was, right there. Yeah, that's, that was a good word. I'm glad that the spirit brought that to mind because, um, you know, for the, the parents or guardians that are in the room, what are we modeling to our kids? We're, we're modeling what's important to us and what we value and if we're inviting people into our home to experience community, because we grow together as a family when we experience community, we want to model that for our kids. And to be a thousand percent clear, your home doesn't need to be perfect in order for you to do that. Uh, I was joking because some of my group members were in here from my Monday night group that I'm in. I still have unfinished drywall in my living room. Like it needs to be primed and painted. And it's been like that for at least a year now, if not more. I'm sure Amy, my wife, who's in the kids department right now, is waiting for me to get that done. But it doesn't take away from our group time that happens on Mondays. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Like you don't have to have the perfect house that you see on TV in order to experience community right now. You, you can do it. No, that's really good. Just to, to, to double click on what Pam said, right? Parents, if you, if you have kids, their, their front row seat to what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus is you. Yeah. Right? The way, the way yeah. that you navigate different situations, like that's what they see. That's what will probably be their primary uh, formational uh, experience. So, man, I think there's, some, there's a weight uh, to parenting. Yeah. But hey, uh, let's jump in to our next, uh, kind of our second one there under that counter formation, and that's equipping disciples, right? We just went through this whole series about being a disciple, and part of our mission statement is making disciples who make disciples, but that's not something that just happens, right? You don't come into a relationship with Jesus and like, oh, I know exactly how to do all of these things. Let me take everybody through this and disciple them, right? There's, there's, there's a lot that we can learn, right? I mean, us, we're still learning <laughs> what does it look like to disciple people, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing learning process. Uh, but that means that we have to be in environments where we can learn. So uh, let's talk just uh, for a couple of minutes about some of the environments that we've created here at Radiant Life to equip disciples. Yeah, I think D groups kind of overlaps in here because you do experience community in it. But at the same time, like within a D group environment or program, whatever language you want to use there, uh, I think you see actually the simplicity to it to where you, you're getting equipped. I, I love tools. I probably have bought way many tools, but I kind of look at this pillar as getting tools, um, not just to collect tools, 
but to actually go use the tools at some point. And I think equipped disciples, um, like this pillar, it's us getting a tool, learning how that tool works, but then we actually have to go and engage the world and use that tool. So I think one of these environments or programs that we have, we have here at Radiant Life is Radiant Institute. Um, we're in our second year of it, so there's a year one and there's a year two uh, that's happening right now. And you know, some of the feedback that I've heard from folks who have gone through it and are currently in it right now is like, man, uh, I, I've learned so much. I have more confidence in being able to share my faith. Uh, and there's just practical tools that happen within Radiant Institute. So that would be one very easy program or th- uh, an environment that you can plug into here at Radiant Life. I know that our students would say it's easy. Uh, we <laughs> okay, yeah. Especially when you hold the red pen, right? That's right. Well, I, I share the red pen with Laura now. So okay. she's, I think Laura's nicer than You just than made I her the bad person, too. No, 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 no. no. I, said, I said she's nicer than me. Okay. Laura's way nicer than me. Uh, but no, so in, in the Radiant Institute, right, it, as disciples of Jesus, our primary textbook is Scripture. Right? And, in, and in the Institute, we talk about how do we actually engage Scripture well. Right? So we teach you how to, to read Scripture in context, what the, the overall narrative of the, of the Bible is. Uh, we look at that. We look at some of the foundational doctrines of Christianity. What is it that we actually believe? Right? And, and if you don't believe those things, uh, are you actually a Christian? Right? We, we look at the, some of those core, core truths uh, from a Christian standpoint. Uh, what else do we have under this equipped disciples uh, heading here, Pam? Uh, we also have discover purpose. And, you know, I've heard people say, I don't know. I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what God's calling me into. And, you know, while there's multiple ways for you to explore that and, you know, first of all, seek God, you know, seek him out on a daily basis if you're not sure. But discover purpose is one of those environments where you can do that. And there's tools within that um, that environment where you can explore maybe some of those unique skills and abilities and gifts that God has given you because we're all um, created uniquely in the way that God wants mm-hmm. us to be created so that he can use us for his specific purpose. And each each role that we play in God's kingdom is important. We need each other. We need the entire body of Christ. But we can figure out a little bit more, maybe have a little bit more narrow focus on okay, like this is kind of where I feel like maybe I might be um, gifted and skilled. And you can start exploring that, you know, an area or a a serving opportunity or a ministry in that area. And, you know, just start um, exploring things and see exactly where God wants you to be. So Discover Purpose is a real neat environment for that. Yeah, let's, uh, we're going to see what Sheila has to say about Discover Purpose. Hi, my name is Sheila Kidd, and I went through Discover Purpose two years ago. And it was really life-changing for me. I, has, I was living a life of business, and I was doing a lot of good things, um, but I wanted to do the better thing. You know, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a grandmother. I work, work outside the home, and there's a lot of ministries that I, that I serve in, which are really good, but the Lord was calling me to something better. He had something better for me. And so <laughs> trying to be obedient with that, um, I pr- did a lot of praying. And one of the things that he called me to was to be a teacher. And what that looked like, I wasn't even sure. So Ryan is always talking about discipleship, going where you live, work, and play. And so one of the things that the Lord was speaking and pressing on my heart was to go to work and share the gospel. So one of the things that I started was a life group. It was the most amazing experience that I've had. 
We did a Bible study for one year, every Tuesday at lunch, the three of us. And we went through so much scripture. And to watch those girls grow and their knowledge of the Lord and then growing in their faith, I would not have been able to experience that if I had not had an opportunity to discover my purpose and being obedient to where the Lord was calling me in my workplace. So if you would like to experience what I've experienced, I would encourage you and invite you to join Discover Purpose. You can find it on the website, theradiantlife.church. So, oh, go ahead. You could see all four pillars play out in that testimony. That's all I was going to say. No, which, you know, as we, as we talk about these different environments, right, it's, we're not just trying to, like, pile things. Oh, like, you should be doing this, and you should yeah. be doing this, and you should be doing this. Uh, I mean, we're, we're busy, right? We, we've got plenty of things going on. The thing I love about what Sheila did, right, as, she's, as she went through, she found out this is what God's purpose is for me in this season, right? She, she didn't say, oh, well, that's one more thing I have to add on to everything I'm doing. Because we talk about where you live, work, and play, as she mentioned, right? She lived into that purpose right where she was. She said, what's the space that I'm in that I, can, that I can actually live into this in? And yeah, so it's not that it's, it's this huge extra, oh, I got to tack on more hours. I work 60 hours a week, man. What am I supposed to want to fit that in? Yeah. Uh, I mean, she just, she worked it right into an existing structure that she had in her, in and her I, world. And I loved how she said she was obedient, right? Yeah. We can hear God's voice and we can hear what he's calling us into, but now we have to walk in obedience, um, and trust that what he's calling us into, he will equip us to do. We just need to walk in faith in that. So, Kinsey, real quick, like, and for those that are like, okay, cool, those are some of the things at the church. In everyday life, where I live, work, and play, how do I engage in equipping disciples? I wasn't ready for that question. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I had this other thought. Can I oh, come yeah, back yeah, yeah. to I yeah, had this other thought, thought that was consuming my brain. So... If you look at these two center pillars of the same color, and it's, you know, it's this counterformation because the world is trying to uh, con- conform us. You know, uh, Romans 12, uh, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but instead the, the, the renewing of your mind and these environments, these programs, these spaces, uh, these greenhouses. I mean, we can use a thousand different word pictures, but all of this is to actually form our life to look more and more like Jesus. Now, here's what I've observed, and I think uh, the other staff would agree with me on this, is that, you know, someone comes into faith and, the, you know, they're, they're kind of kicking the tires on this Jesus thing. They're trying to, to get in the car. They're trying to figure this out. And they, maybe they've had an encounter with God. And, and then they hear a challenge by three pastors on a stage about going a little bit deeper in their walk, you know, to experience community and, and to get equipped. Uh, I think this is where a lot of people get stuck in their discipleship. Because what happens in this space, specifically the experienced community and equipped disciples, these two pillars, I think what happens, to give it a word, is people get stuck in a dip. Because over here is it's more of a consumeristic mindset. Like you're feeding me. Where in an experienced community and equipped disciples, there's a shift that begins to happen where it's sacrificial, where I'm actually serving other people. Like maybe you're serving other people in this group or whatever God's called you to do. And so like, it's challenging. You know, I've had my grandson all weekend. I love him like crazy. I tip my hat to you folks that have kids. I forget how hard babies are. Like, 
Babies are hard. Now, I tip my hat to my wife because she does like 80% of the work, if not higher than that, and I can see her in the back too. So I'm trying to get brownie points right now. Should have said 95, bro. <laughs> but like my grandson cannot feed himself. He, ha- like, he has to be a consumer. And for some of us in our discipleship, like we don't know how to pick up the spoon more or less swallow. Like it, my grandson doesn't know how to swallow water through a straw quite yet. Like he's still learning those skills. Some of you spiritually speaking, this is where you're at. It comes with time and being intentional about putting yourself in these environments or these programs in order for Holy Spirit to do that transformational work in you. I cannot wait to eat an amazing steak with my grandson without ketchup on it. You knew I had to bring it. I was being vulnerable in that moment. You just keep bringing it back up. Dang. Feeling the guilt now. Thanks, fam. That was good. So out of the humor, please don't miss the point, right? Like my grandson at some point is going to be able to feed himself. He can't do it right now. Some of you, spiritually speaking, you're just learning how to get the spoon in the air right now. You don't even know how to get it in the bowl to get any of it in your mouth. And that's okay. It comes with time. So put yourself in these environments. That's where the formation, that's where the transformation, that's when Holy Spirit's gonna use someone else in this group to, to teach you something. You're gonna observe this other behavior like, wow, the way that Josh talks to his kids, like I'm not doing that, but I like the way that he talks to his kids. Me doing life with him is going to teach me how to do that. So that was a huge, that, all of that was floating in my brain. That's right. Were you going to answer the question I asked him? No, I was okay. going to say, you, I don't know if we'll get to your question, but okay. I mean, we will, we will, we will. Really quick, really quick. Sorry, Josh. So I'm, we're going to be quick because I know we're, we're trying we're to get us to long. lunch, Pam. I know you are. Okay. So just really quick. Um, these environments that we create are safe places for you to grow. Yeah. You don't have to know everything there is to know about God and about the Bible to, to get into a life group, to get into a D group. I've had people tell me like, you know, I was nervous because I didn't know everything I thought I needed to know, but the people in my group have been so gracious and so kind and have walked along with me and helped me to grow. None of us know everything we need to know. We are all growing and walking and learning together. So don't let that keep you from engaging in any of these environments. So I'll answer my question, unless okay. you're going to say something well, totally I was, random. I was going to set you up for that, but go okay. ahead. All right. <laughs> so as you learn and grow, overflow that to the people around you. Yeah. Again, parents, as you're like, oh man, I learned this about Jesus, overflow that to your kids or your spouse or your neighbor or your coworker, whatever. Overflow the things that Jesus is, is doing in you to the people where you live, work, and play. Make sense? Were yeah. you going to say something? Well, I was going to talk about Live Scent. So Live Scent, which is uh, a program uh, that you can get connected. I would argue heavily that it's an environment for Holy Spirit to speak to you about how to engage the world. Uh, and we have a testimony. So I could talk about the program all day and what it does, but I, I would rather you hear the testimony on how it's impacted Cindy. We're going to Cindy. Say, so yeah, Live Scent, I'll talk about it again in a minute. Like that kind of bridges that gap between equip disciples and engage the world. So yeah, let's, uh, let's hear what Cindy has to say, then we'll talk. Hi, I'm Cindy, and I engage in the world by uh, working at Pregnancy Helpline. I've been at the Pregnancy Helpline for getting close to a year, and God has led me to serve our clients 
Being able to serve our clients has been eye-opening experience for me to what different people in our community go through. And there's a lot about people that we don't realize when we stay in our own world, in our own box, and don't reach out to others. Being able to be there when someone needs to talk, um, building relationships so that when they are in a stressful situation or that they are having a crisis in their life, that they will come and allow me to hear them and to be able to pray with them. I have three clients that I have been able to engage with on a deeper level and being able to spend time praying with them has been amazing to see the, how much they appreciate that and what it's done for me. Um, being able to feel like I'm able to help someone through God has been incredible. I pray for my clients. Um, that's something that God has shown me in the past few months. I pray that I will love them and care for them. I pray that Holy Spirit will work in me and give me the right words and the right attitude. Um, I'm not there to judge them. The things that they make, decisions that they make may not be the decisions that I would agree with or any of us would agree with, but that's not why I'm there. I'm there to meet them where they're at and show them Jesus if that's what God leads me to do. So we don't equip disciples so that we've got a bunch of smarter, more equipped disciples, right? We equip disciples so that we can go and engage the world, right? It's, it's baked into the, the mandate that Jesus gave us. We've used this multiple times, go and make disciples, right? To all the ends of the earth, right? This is, this is getting out there. It's not just staying here in this space, just staying in our discipleship group, right? Or, or our life group. It's, it's taking the things that we're, we're learning and now taking it out there into the world, like, like Cindy is doing here, right? She's saying, hey, I'm gonna go out. I'm just gonna meet this person where they're at. I'm gonna love on them. Right, we've got we've got other people from this from this body, right? We've got we've got uh, Peggy and Shelly who said, "Hey, we see a need for for people that are are moving into a new space. Maybe they're coming out of homelessness. Maybe they're you know uh, they got divorced and now they don't have anything left. And they they look to meet practical needs for people with with household items. Right? We've got we've got a, a gentleman who says, "Hey, I've got some automotive skills. I want to I want to do oil changes for for single moms, widows, or people that are struggling with finances." Right? They're saying, "Hey, we want to we want to take these things that we have and." And bring this out into the world because that's what we're called to do, right? Live Scent is something where we, we, we talk about how do we, how do we bring the gospel to people in Live Scent? We talk about different evangelism methods, uh, we, but we also talk about how do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Because we, we talk about how Holy Spirit has to be a part of all of these things, yeah. uh, but a lot of us, we wouldn't actually recognize him if he smacked us upside the head, right? We, we have this idea in our mind about what it means for God to speak to us. Uh, and, and that might not be the most accurate picture. I've had this conversation numerous times and they say, well, I just, man, I want to hear from God. I just, I never hear anything. And I was like, well, how would you know if God spoke to you? Well, I would just, man, I would just hear his voice just loud and clear. Like, nah, nah, probably not. Like there's a pretty limited number of people that had an audible voice from God in scripture. Right? But, but sometimes we put all of our, our, our eggs in that basket. And so now if we don't hear an audible voice from heaven, we don't think we're hearing from God. I love what Chris Kidd says. He's like, oh, you don't think you heard from God? Do you read your Bible? Because that's his word to us, right? Uh, so we just talk about the different ways that we, uh, we actually discern the voice of Holy Spirit as well. Yeah, and you know, God has placed you in 
the places where you live, work, and play for a specific time, for a specific reason. And, you know, so be open and obedient to what God's calling you to do in those places where you work. Um, You know, if you are on an athletic team, if you're a coach, if you're sitting next to a certain student, a classmate in school, you know, be praying and asking God to open doors to have conversations. Again, this is not, this conversation that we're having here today is not just for adults on up. It's not for, you're never too young to start growing in your walk with Christ and being a disciple who makes disciples and so on. And you're never too old. We don't retire from serving God. We serve him till our very last breath. So what does that look like? It looks different in every season of our life, but he has put us in certain places and certain relationships for his kingdom and for his glory. And so let's seek him and see how can we do that. Let's overflow the things that we learn, the things that we have, God has revealed to us, to other people by the way that we love them and the way we interact with them and speak to them and serve them. No, that's good. Do you got anything else on that, Kizzy? Yeah, I just want to pour gas on that. There's multiple generations that are represented in here and uh, you don't have your parents' faith. You don't have your mother's faith. Like, it's your faith. And so um, God has um, called us. Our primary purpose is to be a disciple maker and Jesus has called and commissioned us to go and engage the world. So here's a scripture verse that kind of uh, encompasses all of this. One Timothy, this is Paul writing to his protege, Timothy. He says, I hope to come to you soon, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of truth. Like God, is, God has called us. Um, we're, we're to be that example. Church is not this physical building. I'll say that again, and I hope that you say amen to it this time. Church is not this building. Amen. It's us as a people, a movement of people. So I'll land the plane if you guys want to clear this out here. There's a fire in my belly right now. I can't put that fire on you. There's nothing I can do or say that will ever put that fire inside of your belly. But here's how I get that. I remember the moment that Jesus redeemed me and freed me. That he restored me. That I was saved because of him. Not because of any good works, because I pastor at a church, none of that. And so maybe for you right now in these moments, You just gotta go back to day one, the day that you were born again. And maybe it was a childlike prayer with your mom and dad by the bedside. Maybe it was at a kid's camp or something. But go back to that moment. God used other people to engage you. Whether it was your mom, your dad, your grandparents, the camp director, the speaker at the thing, whether it was a message that was preached on this stage. God engaged the world because we were in the world. We heard the good news, the gospel, and our life was radically changed because of that. And maybe you need to begin to revive that fire that's inside of you. And you've gotta work through this discipleship. You've gotta put yourself in these environments. 
not just to be a part of a program that Radiant Life is hosting, but to put yourself in an environment for the power of the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the grave to do that transformational work that's inside of you. He wants you to be free. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace. He has given you a purpose and it's his purpose and he wants to use you. I will argue anyone till I'm blue in the face. There is nothing on this side of eternity that is better than knowing that I've been used by God, the creator of the universe, who put the DNA inside my veins. There's nothing else like it. And when you've tasted and seen the goodness of God, how can you not want to go out? How can you not want to go out? He's put that inside of you and he deeply desires to use you, friend. So the band's gonna play softly. We're gonna reflect. Just for just like 60 seconds, that's it. And if, if you get distracted like I do, just close your eyes. But I dare you to say, Holy Spirit, what's my next step? Holy Spirit, what are you, what are you calling me in this discipleship? And then I would encourage you. I plead with you. I beg you to write it down. Put the date down. Put it on your notepad. Get get your phone or your device out. Get your note-taking app and write it down right now. What is Holy Spirit calling you to do next? I can sense your spirit moving in this space and I'm thankful for that. Thank you for that answer to prayer. Lord, I know that you're calling some to step step into biblical community, to experience true community that will point us towards you. Lord, I know that you're calling some of us to to put some tools in our tool pouch because we're convicted. We know that our primary purpose is to go and make disciples. Lord, for some of us, it's time to engage the world. And so, Lord, it's, if we're going to be honest, it's kind of scary because it's something new that we're not used to. And so, Holy Spirit, we surrender to you and we ask that you would fill us. And if those words resonate with you right now, just... Just say, Lord, it's scary. I need you. I need your Holy Spirit. Lord, we can't do this on our own. You haven't called us to do this on our own. So Lord, we are in a posture of surrender to you. We ask that you would fill us. Continue to draw us closer to you, Lord. We love you like crazy. Jesus, we love you like crazy. We love you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this message from Radiant Life Church. To get to know us better, check out theradiantlife.church. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.